Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala şerefil enbiyai vel mursalin. Muhammedur Resulullahi sallallahu aleyhi ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem tesliman kathiran kathira. Nahmaduhu ve nesta'inuhu ve nestağfiruhu ve nu'minu bihi ve netevekkelu aleyh. Ve na'udhu billahi min şururi enfusina ve min seyyati amalina. Men yehdihillahu fela mudilla lehu ve men yudlil fela hadiye lehu. Ve neşhedü en la ilahe illallah vahdehu la şerike lehu ve neşhedü enne Muhammeden abduhu ve rasuluhu. Ersalallahu teala bilhakki beşira ve nazira. Da'yan ilallahi biiznihi ve siracan munira. Fama ba'du fakala teala ya eyyühellezine amanu attaqullaha hakka tukatih. ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسبيه وسلم إن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدع وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار عايزان العلماء وإخوان وأخوات في الإسلام السلام عليكم أجمعين الموضوع الخطبة اليوم الفرق بين البصر وبصيرة نحن نرى بأعيننا ولكننا نفحم بقلوبنا وهذا ما يسمى البصيرة لهذا السبب قال جل وعلا فإنها لا تعمل أبصار ولكن تعمل قلوب التي في صدور My brothers and sisters, the topic of my khutbah today is Al-Farq Bain Al-Basar Wa Basira The difference between sight and insight We see with our eyes But we understand with our hearts That understanding is called insight And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned لا تعمل أبصار ولكن تعمل قلوب التي في الصدور. Indeed, it is not the eyes that are blind, but it is the hearts in the chests that grow blind. I remind myself and you that structures of this life, what we see happening around us at any point in time, these don't signify success or failure. What is happening by itself does not signify success or failure. Because behind it is the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who set the metric of success and failure. Success and failure is not what we think it is. We have created our own metrics. If you ask somebody to define what is success, they will give you some explanation. 
usually illa mashallah success as defined by us is a profusion of wealth of political control of power and authority as in military power government authority or maybe a fancy job in a corporate organization maybe it's a million dollar home or house among the many wrong ways of expression in america is this term home people say i'm buying a home you're buying a house how you live in it makes it a home you never buy a home so million dollar house fancy cars this is our illa mashallah i remember in the same masjid in one of the youth programs i asked this question and some of the some of the those who were there are here now i asked them i tell i told and remember program in the masjid i am asking them all of these are mashallah practicing muslims coming from practicing muslim homes i asked them i said tell me name for me three of the people in your life or in the world or what you know three role models guess who they named rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Abu Bakr and Omar, radiallahu anhu ma. That's what you would expect, right? Or some configuration of that kind. You know who they named? Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. What does that tell you about our standards of success and failure? So when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, when I'm saying that what happens around us and what we are seeing doesn't signify success and failure, remember that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the one who will decide who is successful and who is a failure, not you and me. Also, it shows how important and critical it is for us to change our standards, because believe me, everything that we do will be focused, whether we like it or not, towards the standard that we set for ourselves. willingly or unwillingly consciously or unconsciously there's no escape from this if i have a standard <clears throat> conscious or unconscious that is the reason why the standard should become conscious the sooner we make the standard conscious i am very hardcore about this i say write it down not on your tablet by hand pen on paper there is a there is a psychological connection between writing and the brain <clears throat> doesn't happen with tablets <clears throat> so i tell people write it down then stick it on your wall where you can see it every day write down your goal what is your life goal write it down in one sentence not a whole paragraph one sentence because whether you write it or not you have a life goal you have a standard you have a role model and believe it or not you are working towards that that is how you are going to set your life success and failure and then remember you stand before allah subhanahu wa taala you suddenly discover oh my god what was i doing no good because there is no return from there rabbana absarna wa sami'na farjana na'mal saliha inna muqinun no there is no return so let me give you some examples 
put yourself in the place. You are standing next to the Kaaba. And the Kaaba has been bombarded. With trebuchets, huge rocks thrown there to kill the people, you and the people around you. And the Kaaba has been badly damaged. Who is standing next to you? Abdullah bin Zubair. The first Muslim child to be born in Medina after Hijrah. The son of Zubair bin Awam and Asma bin Abi Bakr. Who is Asma bin Abi Bakr? She is the daughter of Abu Bakr Siddiq, the elder sister of Ummuna Aisha Siddiq. She is the one who helped Rasulullah and Abu Bakr Siddiq when they were in Ghari Thawr, single alone woman and that like a girl. She went from Makkah to Ghari Thawr every night she would go with food for them. Imagine the kind of courage. Huh? This is their son. Why, are, why is the Kaaba being bombarded? Because Hajjaj bin Yusuf is the, that is the, the opposition. And Abdullah bin Zubair anhu had declared that he was the Khalifa. He had declared that he, was the, he would be the ruler and leave the political aspect out of it. The point being that he was there. Now, the point, the time that you and I are talking about is the, what was to be the last battle. So Abdullah bin Zubair, his father passed away before he is gone, he goes to his mother to wish her farewell, to bid farewell and to ask for her dua. At that time, she is almost 100 years old and she has gone blind with age. She hugs him and she pushes him away. She says, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? What do you think he's wearing? He's going into battle. What do you wear? Take yourself back into the 7th century. What do you wear when you go into battle? You wear armor, right? So he was wearing his chain mail. He said, yeah, Ummi, I'm wearing my armor. She says to him, those who seek the Rida of Allah, those who want to be Shaheed Fi Sabilillah, don't wear this stuff. Take it off. Hey? This is the mother. She says, those who seek the Rida of Allah, Those who seek shahada fi sabilillah, do not wear these clothes, take them off. Abdullah bin Zubair takes it off. She calls him, she hugs him, and she says, fi amanillah. He goes and he is shaheed. So when she said, fi amanillah, Go in the hefaz of Allah. Go in the protection of Allah. Do you think her dua was accepted or rejected? 
Do you think her dua was accepted or rejected? She sent him in the aman of Allah. And he was killed. So dua accepted or rejected? Hajjaj ordered for his body to be hung from the Kaaba. And on the third day he called for Sayyidatina Asma. And she said, come here. He called her. She said, see what I have done to your son. She couldn't see, but she knew what was happening. They told her, this is what is happening. Your son's body is hanging from the Kaaba. She said, Alhamdulillah. He said, Alhamdulillah. He said to Hajjaj, you sent him to Jannah. And he sent you to Jahannam. And then she said, is it not time for the knight, for the cavalry officer to dismount from his mount? Hajjaj was ashamed and he ordered for the body of Sayyidina Abdullah bin Zubair to be taken down and, and then buried. I'm talking about Al-Basar Wal-Basir. What is the sight? What is the scene you are seeing? Somebody fights for a just cause. He is killed by his opponent who is, on, on, who is, on, who is not on justice, who is, on, who is an unjust Jabir ruler. So apparently he failed, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned three stories in Surah Al-Kahf. The conversation and the journey, the company of Musa alayhi salam and Khidr alayhi salam. I don't have the time or I don't need, need to, all of you know the stories. My brothers and sisters, I remind myself of you that all of these things, as well as many other, and most importantly, because we are seeing it today, as well as what is happening today in Palestine. They remind us of two things. One, that what we see is not what is. What we see is not what is. Al-Haqiqatu Mukhtalifa. The Haqiqah, the reality of that is something else, is different. Because what you are seeing is the middle of the race. But where are the winners decided? At the end of the race. And what is the end of the race? Is when we meet Allah. Jalla Jalla. 
So we never lose hope. And we never despair. And when we cry, the tears are the tears of the love of Allah. They are not the tears of weakness. Never make that mistake. They are not the tears of witness of our weakness. The tears of love of Allah. So never allow your heart to go down and be heavy. Feel the pain, yes. And that is why the stories, these stories and the stories in the Quran and the stories from our Salaf al-Salihin, the stories of Rasulullah for example, the story of Taif and so on and so forth. They remind us not to get distracted and frustrated and lose hope. Because of what we may, we may be seeing. Winners are decided at the end of the finish line, which is the Akhirah. Tawakkul is to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even when our experience and everyone around us tells us that there is no hope of success. Because we know what is success. And success is not decided in this life. So how can anyone tell me that what I'm seeing is failure? First of all, the one telling me is not the one who decides. And the one who decides already told you and me what is success. فَمَنْ زُحْزِعَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ only the one who has been freed from the hellfire and entered into Jannah, only that one is successful. And the life of this world is only deception. When I read desire in the context of what is happening in Philistine, it's a very different meaning. Very different meaning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Al-Aqibatu Three lessons that we want to learn and we should learn. One that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help comes only when all worldly resources are cut off. Allah's help comes only when everything worldly, all our resources are gone. Number two, that Allah's help doesn't always come in the ways we want. That's a very important lesson. And that's why I told you the story of Abdullah bin Zubayr. Allah's help comes, but not always in the way we want because Allah is not acting to our dictation. Allah is Allah. And number three, no matter what is happening around us, no matter who tells us what, focus on the rida of Allah until it is achieved by obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all things, no matter how attractive the alternative seems. We are seeing every day what's happening in Gaza. So what must we do? Before I go further, let me tell you what we must not do. What we should stop doing. Stop watching every WhatsApp forward. Stop watching continuous news broadcasts. 
And the reason you should stop doing that is because it is very important to protect our hearts. We know what's happening. It is very important to protect our hearts because the hearts are injured by what we see and what we hear. What we see or listen to either strengthens the heart or weakens it and injures it. If you continue to listen to and watch bad news and tragic scenes, at first you get sad, you feel very sad and depressed, then you get angry, and then because your anger is going nowhere, you can't do anything, you get very frustrated, and then you get immune. It no longer has the same effect. You, know, you don't even weep anymore. Then it becomes a topic of discussion and argument, which ends up straining your relationship with your own people. So focus on what is in your control, not on what is not in our control. What is happening over there is not in our control. But what is in our control? Number one is to turn to the only one who can change that situation and beg him to change that situation. There is nobody else who can change what is happening on the ground except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalla. So turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And continue. Rasulullah said Allah accepts du'as, the person asking gives up. Our job is to ask. That's it. There's no until. We ask and we continue to ask. The only until is when we meet Allah. Turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do physically, do whatever is in our power and resources. Whether it is protests, whether it is aid, whether it is boycotting stuff and so on. By all means, please, do all that. Nothing wrong with any of that. But where should the heart be connected? Who do we look to for hope? Not to the spiders. Not to the spiders. Think about this. How does every internet site, how does that address begin? I'm deliberately not using the word. How does it begin? WWW, right? What does it stand for? WWW is what? World Wide Web. The World Wide Web. The webs of spiders. And our spot in that web is called a website. <laughs> website. If we look to spiders to help us, why do you think the spider built the web? To help you? Or to keep you safe until it can consume you? The safety of the spider is for the benefit of the spider, not for the benefit of what is in the web of the spider. 
and that is why we get sidetracked by these spider webs of WhatsApp and Twitter and Instagram and this and that, who are telling us to believe this is powerful, that is powerless, this is right, that is wrong. You have no hope, give up hope, go on. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, it has an effect on your heart. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about those who seek the protection of spiders? مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ تَخَذُوا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ كَمَثَلِ الْعَنْكَبُوتِ تَخَذَتْ بَيْتَ وَإِنَّ أَوْحَنَ الْبُيُوتِ لَبَيْتُ الْعَنْكَبُوتِ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ Allah said the example of those who take protectors other than Allah, who have hope from others than Allah, who think that others than Allah can help them, can, if only we can change this. If only we can change this leader. Allah says, that is like a spider spinning a web, a shelter. And the flimsiest of all shelters is the Baitul Ankabut. House of the spider. Instead of the spiders, focus on the Rabbul Bayt. What did he say? فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ الَّذِي يَتْعَمَهُمْ مِنْ جُوعِ وَآمَنَهُمْ مِنْ خَوْفِ Let us worship the one, the Rabbul Bayt. رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ Who gives you food when you are hungry and who gives you aman and security and safety when you have fear. To reach him, we must repair our connection with him. And that connection is repaired by turning towards him, by correcting our amal. The connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not through mal, it is through amal, not through wealth. Not through money, not through material means, but by our actions. Just think about how much we worry about whether our phone batteries are charged or not. I ask myself, how much are we worried about whether my heart is charged or not? Is my heart ready to receive the tajalliyat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What am I doing about charging my heart? One of my shiuk used to say, how much time do you spend in your job? So I say eight hours. And he would say, how much time do you spend with the Radhaqudul Khuwatil Mateen? The job is the sabab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is musabbibul asbab. He is the one who creates the sabab. How much time do you spend with the sabab, with the means? And how much time do you spend with the one who created that means? أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفره إنه هو الغفر الرحيم
Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursalin Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Tasliman kathiran kathiran Fama ba'du Brothers and sisters I want to emphasize for myself and you The importance of obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely and totally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu ادخلوا في السلم كافة ولا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان إنه لكم عدو مبين he said which means oh you who believe the ayah is addressed to the believers and these are not ordinary believers the ayah to whom it was addressed when it came was a sahaba ridwanullahi alayhi majma'in the first generation there is no generation which is better than them Allah said enter into Islam completely and totally and do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. Allah is not saying don't follow shaitan. He's saying don't follow the footsteps of shaitan. What is the difference? If I say don't follow so and so, it means that person is there. If I say don't follow the footsteps, it means the person himself is not there. Only the footsteps are there. Whose responsibility is it then if I follow those footsteps? You can't even blame shaitan. He just walked and went. He didn't call me. He didn't take me by the hand or the scruff of my neck and drag me. No, nothing, nothing, nothing. He just walked and went. And then I choose to follow Shaitan's footsteps. Shaitan just walked and went. But I chose to follow his footsteps. Who is responsible? And Allah made it very clear. Innahu lakum aduwu mubin. The battle of Hunayn. Rasulullah had 12,000 troops under his command. 10,000 were the people who came with him from Medina for Fatamakka, and 2,000 were the newly converted people from Mecca who had become newly become Muslim. Most of them Quraysh. That group, the 2,000, were under the command of Abu Sufyan bin Harb, When they came and opposing them were the Banu Thaqif of Ta'if and the Hawazim. Now, there were some people among the Muslims, among these newly converted people, because this was the first time that there was the Muslim army was so big and they also had, they were fully loaded in terms of weaponry of the time they had everything. So some of them in their hearts, they felt that this is fantastic. We cannot be defeated. We will win. Why? Because we are powerful. Because we have weaponry. Because we have armor. Because we have this and that. But the first charge of the enemy, the Hawadim and the Banu Thaqif, when the first charge hit them, the Muslims turned and ran their, there was a complete rout. It was so amazing that Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab was standing there. He saw them going. He said, this is Qadr Allah. He said, this is the Qadr of Allah. Abu Sufyan bin Harb was standing there. He said, only the, the sea will stop them. They will run all the way to Jeddah. 
Rasulullah was mounted on a white mule. He turned towards the enemy and he rode towards the enemy and he said, Ana Rasulullah, Ana Muhammad bin Abdullah, Ana Hina. He said, I am the Rasul of Allah. I am Muhammad bin Abdullah. I am here. Abbas bin Abdul Muttalib and others, they grabbed his, the, the bridle of his, of his mule. They said, Ya Rasulullah, if they kill you, it's finished. Everything is gone. Khalas. Abdullah ibn Masood who was there, he said, Rasulullah looked around, he saw me. And he said, call the Ansar. And Abdullah bin Masood said, I called out, Ya Ansar. And he said, they came. They came and they surrounded him. They came and they surrounded him. And then he said, and then I saw a black mass descend from the heavens and hit the ground and disperse. He said it was like ants. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned the tide of battle. Abdullah Masood says that the people who were there at that time, the Ansar and the few Muhajirun, there were only 10, they have been named. In the text of this khutbah, you will find all the names. So there were just a hundred plus people there. And the Hawazin and Banu Saqif were, were 20,000. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned the, bat, the, the, the face of battle, the tide of battle. And the Muslims won and they got the largest ghanima, the largest spoils of war of any war until that time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Quran about this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَقَدْ نَسَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوَاطِنَ كَثِيرَةٍ وَيَوْمَ حُنَيْنٍ إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِ عَنْكُمْ شَيْئًا وَضَاقَتْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْأَرْضُ بِمَا رَحُبَتْ ثُمَّ وَلَّيْتُمْ مُدْبِرِينَ ثُمَّ زَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَى رَسُولِهِ وَعَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Laysa ala jami'an. Laysa ala kulluhum. Nazala sakina. Ayn? Ala rasul. Wa ala al-mu'minin. Thumma anzala Allahu sakinatahu ala rasulihi. وعلى المؤمنين وأنزل جنودا لم تروها وعذب الذين كفروا وذلك جزاء الكافرين. Allah said, indeed, Allah has given you victory on many battlefields. Even at the Battle of Hunayn, 
when you took pride in your great numbers but they proved to be of no advantage to you the earth despite its its vastness seemed to close in on you and then you turned back in retreat you ran away then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down his sakina his tranquility upon his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the mu'minin not muslimin mu'minin and sent down forces that you could not see and he punished those who disbelieved your enemies and such was the reward of the disbelievers the lesson to learn here is that we don't get victory because of material we don't get victory because of numbers we don't get victory because of who is supporting us we don't get victory because of which political party is in power we don't get victory because of how much money we have we get victory only and only for one reason and that is if the help of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes and the help of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes to his nabi alayhi salam and to those who are with him the mu'minin allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about the two conditions to get his help inna allah ma'al ladina taqaw wal ladina hum muhsinun Verily Allah is with those who have taqwa. What is taqwa? Taqwa is ihtiyat. Taqwa is to be careful. Taqwa is not breaking boundaries. Taqwa is not even going close to the boundary. Taqwa is not fatwa shopping to find the compatible fatwa with my desire. Taqwa is to stay far away from anything which is doubtful, remotely doubtful. Please understand this we are not even talking about doing haram for a muslim to do haram is not even imaginable we are talking about what we do which is we skate on thin ice yes you have skates but if they break through the ice khalas the help of allah comes to those who have taqwa and those who do the who do ihsan ma'al ladina in Imagine, I mean, Allah did not even say, I will help. He said, I am with them. If Allah is with me, what does it mean? But for that, I began, that's why I began my, my, my khutbah with talking about goals. If I want Allah to be with me, what is the requirement? I must want Allah to be with me. If I want to eat something I should be hungry right If I want Allah with me I should if I want if Allah wants to be with me I should want Allah with me If I want Allah with me what must I do Create the conditions What are the conditions for Allah to be with me A condition of taqwa a heart with khashyatullah A heart which is illuminated with the khashya of Allah There are two kinds of death. There are two kinds of death. One is the death of the body. 
while the heart is connected to Allah Jalla Jalalu and is illuminated with the noor of the hidayat of Allah and his heart is filled with hub of Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and all of this is visible in the person, in his appearance, her appearance, in their actions, in their tongue, in their decisions, in what they eat, in how they earn, where they earn. All of these are the evidence of what is in the heart. The body is died, but the heart was connected to Allah. This is one way of death. And that death is not death, that death is eternal life. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لا تحسبن الذين قتلوا في سبيل الله يموات بل أحياء عند ربهم يرزقون وقال في مقام آخر ولا تقولوا في سبيل الله ولا تقولوا ولا تقولوا من يقتلوا في ولا تقولوا من يقتلوا في سبيل الله يموات بل أحياء ولكن لا تشعرون Allah said, do not say that those who are killed in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't say that they are dead. They are not dead. They are alive. They are with their Rabb. They, 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 they receive risk. And in another place, Allah said, you don't know this. The second death is where the body is alive. But the heart is dead. What is the sign of a dead heart? The sign of a dead heart is darkness, zulam. It is filled with fear of makhluk. It is filled with desire and, and hope towards makhluk. If only this happens, I will be. If only that happens. A heart that is filled with hope towards makhluk. And with fear of makhluk. Tawakkul ala makhluk huwa shirk. That is a dead heart. It doesn't matter if the body is alive. That person you are seeing is the walking dead. He's a zombie. He's not, he's not alive. Allahumma adhina fi man hadayit. وعافنا في من عافيت وتولنا في من توليت وبارك لنا فيما أعطيت وقنا واصرفنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك فإنه لا يظل من واليت ولا يعز من عديت تباركت ربنا وتعليت نستغفرك اللهم ونتوب إليك ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر لنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين ربنا آتينا في الدنيا حسرة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وصلى الله على نبي الكريم وعلى آله وسأبي أجمعين برحمتك يا رحمة الرحمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدوا يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيموا السلام